Welcome back to what it's really like to be an entrepreneur. I'm Vincent Lancey, speaker and author of the book, Left for Dead, A Story of Redemption. Want to know what it's really like to be an entrepreneur? Well, you came to the right place. Whether you're already an entrepreneur or looking to start your journey tomorrow or just someone who needs a little extra motivation to get through the day, this is the perfect podcast for you. This is the place where you will learn exactly what it's like in the world of entrepreneurship and hear authentic stories of entrepreneurs grinding on each episode. My goal for this podcast is to help you realize that giving up is never an option. If you missed the last episode, be sure to download it after you tune in today. Before I introduce my guest, I'll share another entrepreneurial story to inspire you all. This is one of the earliest forms of an entrepreneur in Henry Ford. Quite a great article called Five Powerful Entrepreneurship Lessons from Henry Ford. Here's some highlights. Lesson number one was be so good at what you do that people think you invented it. Many credit him with creating the automobile, but he certainly did not. His story is a definitely a testament to never giving up, as he did not invent Ford Motor Company until he was 40 years old. Be patient, believe, and never give up. Lesson two was failures or opportunities. I think we can all agree with this. Three was be as strong behind the scenes as you are anywhere else. I think this is an important lesson to touch on with the rise of social media and the pretending that people tend to do to impress others. My advice to you all is, just put your head down, worry about yourself, let the results speak for themselves. Lesson four out of five was do not be a show off. I love this one because on a world tour he was on outside of America, he actually dressed informally because he didn't want to be bothered dressing up for people if they didn't know who he was. And last but not least, number five, don't only be in business for the money. I love this because it applies directly to me as I left a high paying job at a bank because I realized that although I had more money than I ever did, to be frank with you, I was as miserable as you can be. Hey, Jeffrey, what did you like most about Henry Ford's story? Henry Ford was very innovative and creative. I mean, he took the automobile industry to the whole new age. I mean, he started selling Model Ts and really pioneered what it, making affordable automobiles for the American populace in the 19, early 1900s. As a matter of fact, my father had a 1926 Model T telephone booth coupe when I was a child with wooden wheels, mint condition. Amazing. That voice you all just heard is the sound of today's guest. My guest in the show today is someone I met networking with on LinkedIn. As I was scouring the internet looking for great entrepreneurs, I came across this story, took a shot, DM'd him on LinkedIn, and here we are today. He has an incredible story of never giving up, and it's my pleasure to introduce Mr. Jeffrey Combs. Jeffrey, thanks for joining the show. Thank you very much. It is my absolute privilege and pleasure to be here with you today. And I want to thank you for hosting this forum for people to really understand what is required to be and stay successful in free enterprise as an entrepreneur. Thank you so much for the kind words, Jeffrey. Would you mind please previewing a bit of your story before we touch on the, the big five today? Well, I'm a Midwestern boy originally from right between Omaha, Nebraska and Kansas City, Missouri. I've lived in California for the last 35 years, but I grew up in the Midwest, went to college in the Midwest, and also hit rock bottom in the Midwest and then hit rock bottom on the West Coast in Los Angeles. I have 33 years of sobriety and 14 years of being a drug addict and an alcoholic that led me to nine months in jail and being homeless at one point in my life. Now, my story is really a story of redemption, comeback, and then being and staying conscious. So I assist my clients on the inner game of letting go, being and staying in a level of recovery 
so they can separate their feelings from the events that create their anxiety, fear, and doubt. Now, as a business owner, I had a few failures in my 20s as an addict. Then in my 30s, were mostly devoted to recovery, sobriety, while I started to build businesses. And then by the time I was 38 years old, I was a millionaire. Well, congratulations on that. And it's a true testament to believing yourself. I appreciate you sharing that with our listeners. It's time for the big five, Jeffrey. On each episode, my guests and I go over these five questions to help everybody listening in what it's really like to be an entrepreneur. You ready to go? I'm ready. Awesome. When did you first realize that you weren't happy with what you're doing? You may have just touched on this or that you needed a change. Please talk about your business life a bit. Well, first of all, at four years old, I knew I was in the wrong place. I felt like I had been displaced in the wrong family, in the wrong area of the world, and I knew that I was going to move to California. I had that awakening, and I knew that I didn't know when it was going to be, but I knew it was going to be in my 20s that I was going to move to California. And I also knew that I was never going to have a job long term. I went to college, got a college degree in radio and television, and once again, knew that I was not going to be a stockbroker, a financial planner, or wear a suit and tie. I knew that I was going to be a business owner, and I started pursuing that in my early teens and in my 20s. So I never really fit in to that corporate America, get in a car, drive back and forth and commute to a job. I've always had the spirit of being self-reliant, self-sufficient, and, and learning how to be self-directed. So I, I knew it early. I wanted to be a major league athlete, baseball player, actor, entertainer, or business owner. So it was like, I, I'm not one of these people that had any aversion to selling, marketing, or branding. I don't have rejection and abandonment issues. It kept me from building businesses. I mean, I was in it to win it early. I love that myself also. I played baseball younger, played center field, batted leadoff due to my stature. <laughs> but I always had aspirations. Then when you get to high school and you're still only about 75 pounds, certain dreams turn out to not be a reality. But I'm kind of with you where driving to work every day in that suit and tie certainly did not prove to be meant for me because I'm able to make a difference in my own story. And congratulations on your story. Thank you. I've been finding it very heartwarming when I get to share my story and it actually helps people get through their difficult times, which is part of the reason why I created this podcast to help entrepreneurs just like us learn from our stories to hopefully help them succeed a little faster than I had to. So thanks for the kind words. What would you say one or two of the most difficult parts on that big laundry list of being an entrepreneur are? Well, the first most difficult aspect of my life was being was was my addictions so my addictions consistently sabotaged me i was an entrepreneur as a teenager and i was an entrepreneur right out of high out of college but i would continually hit rock bottom my 20s were a series of rock bottoms until i reached a place where the pain was great enough so when i would when i when i was at a place where i could no longer drink i was at a place that i could change and that that changed my whole life sobriety did I was not I was not someone who wrestled with after sobriety. Once I got clean and sober, I was done with it. And so I, I dedicated the rest of my life to owning a business, living life on my terms and my time frame, delivering service and value, and being compensated with the free market will bear so I could live the life I wanted to live in doing something that I felt good about. Absolutely. Why don't for our listeners give them a little details? What are we working on right now? Well, what I, I do the same thing I've been doing for the last 22 years. 
I'm the author of five books. I'm a success and addiction coach. I'm a very systematic, methodical, organized, detailed person. So I don't build multiple businesses. I build one business. And what I do, I do it very, very well. I'm a craftsman and I'm very skilled at honing my craft. I teach people how to let go of shiny object syndrome. And what they typically do is they tend to get multiple ideas and they get overwhelmed. So what I do is I'm a success coach. I've coached 60,000 hours one-on-one, 12,000 clients. I routinely have a 10-week waiting list. And I speak most Saturdays. I've traveled over 2 million miles on United in the last 20 years and flown about another hundred, few hundred thousand on other airlines. But I've been speaking, coaching, and delivering my message for the last 22 going on 23 years. Thank you for sharing that. Give us one more difficult part of being an entrepreneur. You mentioned how sobriety, you dedicated your life. Give the listeners one more piece of valuable advice due to all your experience. Choosing the wrong mate. (laughs) I've been divorced twice. So I've also, while being clean and sober, I also have been codependent at times. So I would tend to attract people that would I would let or I would get into a relationship that would end up sabotaging some of my successes. Then I'd have to overcompensate for some of the situations I was in. Now, this is not their fault. That is my responsibility. So, I mean, it, who we attract is a direct reflection of the energy that we transmute. And so I, I was in this belief that I was dialed in in business, but I wasn't that skilled in my own personal relationships. I was out of balance. Now in the last several years, I've really grown into, and I'm recently married, I'm in the right place at the right time with the right soulmate, and the business model I have is flourishing. So that was, but I I became, I started, I became adjusted to overcompensating. So I would create this sabotage over here and then have this balance over here. So that is an area that I am, that I have, moved into a state of recovery in it's called codependence absolutely well i'm very impressed by your successes from all of that very very impressed thank you for sharing again what would you say your greatest failure was specifically what did it teach you how'd you come out of it well my greatest failures once again would be some of my relationships i have tended to is to sabotage some relationships so i can start over starting over is exhausting it doesn't have to happen I mean, you don't, I got to a point where I don't require any more of these lessons. I don't require to be king of the comeback. I learned that I I don't have to be in conflict. And so I've let go of a lot of conflict consciousness that I was in. I seek peace. I seek relationships. I don't seek any conflict. I let go of being right. And I've really practiced for the last 15, 10, five and two years the, the technique of letting go and then really living the let go lifestyle. Something I've been working on as well. And it's been paying major dividends towards my happiness and my overall well-being is just letting go. Thank you for sharing that as well. You've got some great answers here, Jeffrey. Well, letting go is a skill set that I've been teaching. And it's a, I'm, I consider myself one of the foremost experts in the world on letting go. I'm self-appointed. So that means my PhD is a public high school diploma. And through the thousands of books I've read and the content and then the practical application. Letting go is a skill set. It's an ability to separate feelings from events that create anxiety, fear, and doubt. Now, when you can master those emotions, you're going to be able to stay in awareness, understanding, and especially consciousness. Amazing. 
If you could choose to have a conversation to learn from any entrepreneur, dead or alive, who are we picking? What are we talking about? Well, I'm going to, I actually wouldn't want to have a conversation with an entrepreneur. I'd want to have a conversation with Joe Montana. Now, the reason I like Joe Montana is because Joe Montana epitomizes what I'm going to do. Joe Montana had a great career and he rode off into the sunset with no fanfare. He didn't become a sportscaster. He didn't coach a team. He didn't go through several divorces. He's, he's, he's in the private sector. He owns a winery over in Napa, California, close to me. Oh. He, has, he has children, and you never really hear of him. And he's a guy who really learned how to relax in the afterlife of fame. And so I would want to interview him because I idolized him as a player because of how cool he was under pressure. That is true. And so he, he played in an era where he didn't make the big money that they make today. I mean, he still made relatively decent money and was on four Super Bowl teams. But when he walked away, he completely walked away from it. And I'm assuming he walked away in some level of satisfaction and peace. That's the man I want to interview. That's an incredible answer. I think that's something we could all strive for towards the end of our careers to ride off. And that's, to, wow. Definitely wasn't expecting that. In a way, football players, you could consider a little entrepreneurial as it's not a structured going to the office. So great answer there. Well, he, he, I mean, he lives off the money he created. He has a winery. He has other interests. But he's not – I mean, what I, what I enjoy about him is that he's not in the public specter. He's not in the public eye. He's moved off into the sunset, living what I presume would be a good life. Absolutely. Jeffrey, let's take a look into the future. One in five years. We'll start at one. Where do you see yourself in these entrepreneurial endeavors? Maybe something new. One year from today, we'll start. I'll see myself with my ass in the chair at the same desk I'll be in this afternoon. I'm not a big goal setter out in the future. I don't have five-year plans, one-year plans. I have a one-day plan. So where you'll find me in a year is with my ass in the same chair that I'll be in this afternoon. I have a seven-year plan, and in seven years, I'm going to retire. I'll be 70 years old. I'll have paid my dues. I'll have given back a lot to a lot of entrepreneurs. I've produced a lot of people who went on to become millionaires that I've coached. Now, that isn't a mark of success to me. That's a mark of money success. But a mark of success to me is someone who lives a good life. They are in some level of recovery of sobriety, and they live consciously, and they're very aware of what goes on in their universe. They, they don't create conflict, and they live a relatively good life. But money is only one measure of a man and woman's success. But some of my best students have not become millionaires, but they've become really good people. I think that's more important to some aspects. We briefly touched before. I was shining with, I, I had the money in front of me. I was working a great job. But my overall happiness now and what I'm doing and making a difference, I know the money will follow as long as I'm passionate and I work hard, which I have no problem doing probably work twice as many hours now than I did, but it will all be worth it. So I'm looking forward to seeing what evolves over this seven-year plan with you, Jeffrey. And thank you so much for joining today. I know our listeners are going to see all the value you provided today. I truly enjoyed all of your personal stories. And I, I love the Joe Montana example because of why you picked Joe Montana. I think it's something we can all strive for. But it's time for the last word, Jeffrey. Is there something that you could share with our listeners that we did not get a chance to touch on yet? Well, I will, I will go back to a point that I would cover. So this is, this is like the most valuable content I could assist anyone with. Practice the skill of letting go. Because letting go allows you to let go of events 
and your ego that will sabotage you. So an ego in letting go is not arrogance or eccentricity. An ego is pain, suffering, anxiety, fear, and doubt. And as you begin to let go of events that you hold on to and people you give power to, then you're not the mind-body connection to those events anymore, which gives you peace. It gives you serenity. I coach people every day that ask me the same question, how do I, how do I, how do I? The real, the real answer is, why don't you? So it, practice the skill of letting go. I wrote a book called The Breakthrough Factor where I break down the mechanism of letting go. I covered a lot of my content on social media and on my website and places like that. But that's what I teach people is the skill of letting go. It's a nice entrance to my next statement of please do share your social media website or ways for our listeners to get in touch with you or follow your journey. Thank you very much. I have a very simple following. I'm easy to follow on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Facebook fan pages and Facebook groups. It's my name, Jeffrey Combs, J-E-F-F with an E-R-Y, E before the R. Jeffrey Combs, just like combing your hair with an S. And my website is www.goldenmastermind.com. Thank you very much for this forum to share on your entrepreneurial platform. I appreciate the kind words and I appreciate you understanding why I'm choosing to do this podcast because I do want to help people through our stories. Be sure to check his social media out, everybody. Jeffrey Combs. Make sure you check out the show at Instagram on your favorite morning podcast and on Twitter at Podcast by Lancey. Um, at Vincent A. Lancy on all social media and YouTube. And my website is vincentalancy.com. Be sure to check out my book, Left for Dead, A Story of Redemption on Amazon now. And DM me or email me. Let me know what you think. As always, I will end the show with a quote that inspired me, and I know it will for you too. This one is from Ryan Holmes, co-founder of Hoodsuite. When in doubt, bootstrap. Using your own personal resources is the easiest way to start a business. You don't have to convince investors about the merits of your idea. You just have to convince yourself. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you all on the next episode of What It's Really Like to Be an Entrepreneur. 